So I tell you what, right now I'm 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 hungry. And the reason why I'm hungry is because I didn't have breakfast. And the reason why I didn't have breakfast is because I'm trying to lose weight. And the reason why I'm trying to lose weight is because I'm having a hard time meeting myself in the mirror. I've been trying to contort my stomach to make it look like a six-pack and get the right view, and it's stopping to work. So in an act of absolute vanity, I've decided (laughs) that the way forward is weight loss. And uh, so I started to study the signs of weight loss. And I came up with this brilliant, brilliant video which told you how you could have a ripped six-pack, which inspired me. And then it said, he's told me that in the beginning of the video, he said he's got this incredible tip that he's going to tell at the end of the video. And uh, it's going to be a game-changer. So I was waiting for this tip. I thought, this is, going to be, this, is going to be, this is going to be big. And at the end of the video, he said basically this incredibly powerful, like life-changing advice. He said, in order to lose weight, you have to make sure that you're expending more energy than the calories that you're taking in. Otherwise, that's, that's profound. <laughs> that's profound. That you're actually, if you're eating more energy than you're expending, so then you're not going to lose weight. I thought, well, you have to eat less and then expend more and then you'll lose weight. So, like, I kind of spent some time dwelling on that. It took me a good, you know, few hours to grasp the depth of that statement. But then I realized that he actually may have a point. <laughs> and um, so I, I've, 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 I'm trying to wean myself off self-deluding behavior and actually trying to eat less um, in the hope that that may help me with weight loss. Um, so I'm in pain right now. I'm in pain right now and I'm suffering pain. So the question is, well, what's my relationship to pain? So if I'm trying to avoid it and my relationship to pain is such that I'm trying to do anything I can to not have it, me embarking on a journey to lose weight is going to be a very miserable one. It's not going to bring me any joy. And it's probably going to backfire at some point because I'm going to try to avoid the pain again. So I want to, I want to embrace the pain. And I want to sit here with this hungry feeling in my tummy and say, Yes! Yes! Not only am I okay with it, I love it! Oh my gosh! Hunger! Yeah! Bring it on! Um, maybe. That, that's like changing my relationship with pain. And if I change my relationship with pain, so maybe I'll be able to break through it. Because if my relationship with pain is, so the chances of me doing it repeatedly are extremely slim. And we all have got pain thresholds in our life. And arguably, this is how it works. If you can pass me that prop. Thank you. So if you look at prop A over here, something I designed specifically for the show, this may look to many as like a material used for many different things. We're going to use it for a specific thing. Imagine if the outer extremities of this roll are the outer extremities of your comfort zone. Meaning you're happy to be in this place. You're comfortable. These are all the things you're comfortable doing. Comfortable speaking to these people about these topics. You're comfortable about doing these things with your life. Waking up at this time, going to sleep at this time, eating these foods, eating those foods. You're comfortable putting in this much effort. This is your comfort zone. 
And this is a boundary. And this is the place which is outside of your comfort zone, all this area. I want to know, I want to know what is this barrier constructive of? This thing that keeps me in my comfort zone, this fence, this boundary, this moat, what is it made of? And I'd like to suggest it's made of pain. And what stops me from breaking this boundary is it hurts. So for example, my comfort zone is I wake up in the morning, I do my stuff and then I eat breakfast. That's my comfort zone. If I want to step out of the comfort zone, it's going to involve what? It's going to involve pain. It's going to involve the pain of not satisfying myself or, or hunger. It's not even really hunger. It's just, that's what I do. I, I, don't, I don't not do that. It's painful not to do that. What other things... I, I find it difficult to, to approach people and begin conversations. I'm not quite sure. I haven't quite mastered the, the art of having a socially not socially off conversation with a person that I don't know. Like, how does that conversation begin? Like, if I come up and I'm out, if I'm too smiley, it's going to be creepy. Like, hello. Hi. <laughs> hello. Ooh, nice sunglasses. I don't think it's going to go down. So I, I don't know that. So I, I find it very difficult. I find it probably painful having a conversation. I find it difficult to have conversations which are sometimes co- confrontational. So, because there's a pain. All these pains. So I, I, say, I stay trapped in my comfort zone because the barrier around is pain. Now, what would it be if I fell in love with pain? No comfort zone. Uh, no comfort zone. And no comfort zone would mean that I could expand myself beyond the narrow parameters of myself and the world would be open to me. Is there a career that you think people who, who even love pain or don't even feel pain gravitate towards? A career that people who love pain or... I, th- I think in loving pain is very different from not feeling pain. Not feeling pain is when a person's numbness and there's nothing there. I'm talking about recognizing the pain, feeling the pain profoundly and yet recognizing that this is a necessary thing that I have to have in order to move beyond it. And I don't think it's specifically orientated towards any given vocation or, or career. I think the nature of experiencing life gives us ample opportunity to engage in constant painful experiences. And if we are avoiding them, sometimes it's avoiding other people, sometimes it's avoiding ourselves. It's avoiding criticism. Criticism is painful. But we all know that criticism is liberating. Because I don't see my own blind spots. Because of my comfort zone, I don't even know all the stuff about me that's going to make me and force me to change. So I block it out. I've got this, like, it's, it's that kind of a blind spot in my rear view mirror that I just can't see that angle of myself. And when you come up to me and you say, do you know what you did that really well? I, I don't know what to do, it's painful. Because it means I may have to change. So anyone got any like, kind of criticisms they'd like to share with me, and I'd be really open and if anyone can like, say something really kind of piercing about how I'm really not doing well in some area, I'd be, I'd be so grateful to you. Anyone, please. Oh, it will be very painful. I'll hate you. But it will be very good. I'm trying to embrace it. Go for it, you see. I feel like you have got something to say. No, but that won't be good for me if you'll hate me. Hey? 
I'll get over it. I mean, I won't hate you forever. It's for a little bit until I'm able to like process it. Go for it. No, no, go for it. Go for it. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I had a cold shower this morning. This can't be worse. It was freezing. Another bit of pain that I had. Oh my gosh, cold shower this morning. Cold shower this morning. When I put my hands to kind of feel the temperature, they stung. Like they stung. It was so cold. And they just went in there. Go right under and then turn the shower on. No, I've never done that. Ooh. Ooh. Tomorrow! Go under, then turn on the shower. You don't even know where it's coming from. Ah! Okay, so good. Uh, go, Gabriel, some criticism. You brought up cold showers. Is the reason for that, like, because, like, you said it's a general comfort zone, or is it because it wakes you up, or All of the above. Extremely healthy for your blood, your circulation, reset your body. Especially in the morning, especially in the morning, makes me feel awake and engaged. I actually walk out of the cold shower physically laughing. I go, like happy. Walking the cold shower, I can just go up in the morning. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's like such, a, such an easy path to happiness. Does it not get to a point where you're very comfortable with that and then it's doing nothing for you? Like on mid-side? I de- I de- I've definitely become much more familiar with the temperatures and I've, I'm developing a new relationship to cold. But I really think, just, just let's go back to criticizing me because I feel like the cold shower is just like a, maybe a segue. Go on, Shmayo. I'm ready. Wait, I do have some criticism with a quick question. Yes, go on. Ready. Is there a thing about not showering before davening in this morning? There is. Next question. <laughs> um, do you think it's appropriate that you bring so much attention to yourself in a shear where you're supposed to be spreading Torah and not just like trying to get people to do your money? No. No. Yes. 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 I'm reacting, I'm doing it again. Oh no! I'm trapped. <laughs> I'm trapped. You trapped me. You sneaky little rat. Sure. That hurt. That is hurting. That is hurting. Why don't they? I'm letting it sink. That's hurting a lot. I hate you. Oh, I hate you. I've already thought it was amazing. My brain has already come up with 962 rationalizations why this is so appropriate that I do this. So appropriate. Do you mind if I have some shoe guy I forgot to eat earlier? Did you want some? Did you get a chance to eat breakfast? <laughs> Yes, Shaya. Also, Fridan, going at you. Um, one of my pains that I'm struggling with is um, stopping the use of, of smoking weed. And I think that's a very big pain that Huge. You know, people wouldn't like to admit, but it's used that toilet paper there. Mm. You know, yeah. So, so think about it. Let, let's go even beforehand. Most the, 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 the reason why people start smoking weed in the first place is as an anesthetic because they don't want to deal with the pain in life. So, so it's almost as if, well, let's think about the pain that weed takes away and let's start to love that. Meaning, it could be that if weed is only a symptom, 
of an avoidance of pain, so stopping weed doesn't help. What really would help is stop avoiding the pain. So where's the pain? And it's, re- it's charged straight for it. And it's going to be gruesome and awful and awesome. And, and, but but it, will be like a cold, it will be like a cold shower. It hurts. It hurts like hell. But we may walk out laughing. I hope. <laughs> Never tried it before. You know what I'm saying? Can't be much worse than Pajara. Or maybe it is. But do you know what I'm saying? If we can find maybe the small like increments of pain to like, well, let's try that. Like, where's that pain coming from? Let's go there. Let's go there as opposed to just running away from it. Adam. How, I guess, how do I know when pain is a good signal versus bad? For example, I have a shoulder injury. Yes. Pain, I'm probably doing the wrong thing to heal it. Yes. Um, and while, like, if I embrace that, like, I may re-separate my shoulder. So, I, right, how does that relate to non-physical injuries? Great. So let's look at what the function of pain is in the body, and that's a really great point. The function of pain in the body... <laughs> I know you think, Shmaya. I know you do. <laughs> Just want to say, thank you for being here. And I really think it's important. If you have anything to say today, I know you should actually say it. I don't find this to being the slightest. <laughs> um, the pain in the body, pain in the body. No, I'm prepped. It doesn't help. You have to get me when I'm underwear. Um, okay. Um, well, pain in the, the function of pain in the body is to alert me to something going wrong. The function of pain in the self is to alert me that something's going wrong. So the worst thing I can do with bodily pain is take painkillers to the point of ignoring it. Meaning, if I need to cope with the pain, I may need to take painkillers. But I, I want to be very aware of the pain because it's actually a warning sign that something's not working. So emotional pain, I suppose, is no different. It's a warning sign saying something's not working. And therefore the worst thing I can do is pretend it doesn't exist. I actually have to embrace it and go into it and see how to, do, how to work with it. Now, arguably when you've got pain in the body, um, facing the pain is crucial. What you do with it depends on the kind of body part that's, you know, sometimes creating more pain is telling you, don't go there because the body is sensitive and the pain is saying, don't touch me, let me heal. But in terms of emotional pain, it could be it's a, the way the mechanism works. The warning sign is the same, but the mechanism of treatment may be very different. What I'm suggesting is that the mechanism of treatment for emotional pain is to face it and try to heal it that way, as opposed to avoid it. Did they help you? Yeah. I also I, I wonder... You know, like physical pain, you do physical therapy, so instead you right. emotional pain, are you suggesting go all in? Oh, so, the, so what we need, really need to do to make this more calm, I mean, it's too, it's too iffy, right? It's too, it's too like, yeah. we haven't really kind of, we need, we need concrete examples. The only example I've come up with is my, my lack of breakfast, which isn't making me irritable. Stop it. Uh, my lack of breakfast, which is, uh, that's the way I feel, but we have to think about that's not, that's not that significant, right? Let's talk about some like, kind of real good emotional stuff. Uh, Yao, go on. Um, I have a really hard time um, negotiating pay because I just assume that I'm not worth as much as I'm worth. And like, like if, if like like they're like I'm looking at jobs in marketing, and there are some job listings I won't even touch because they'll act they'll they'll, they'll 
if they if they have a if the if the salary range that they put is like above 100k, I'm just I'm not even going to touch it because I'm assuming that like that it's not even worth it. I'm, there's no way somebody somebody thinks that I'm worth hundred thousand dollars right Where's now. the pain? Where's the pain? Um, it probably is like some something to do with like. <coughs> Where's the pain? Where you feel? Where, where do you feel? Where's the pain over there? Where do I feel it? No, I'm saying, yo, where's the? Wh- wh- tell me the sequence of events. I feel pain when. When I try to ask um, for more money, and also when I try to um, present myself in a way where I'm extremely valuable. A part of me thinks I'm. You feel you feel pain when you try to. <coughs> Embrace your worth. There's a to you to embrace your worth is a painful experience. Yes. Okay. So you want to avoid the pain of embracing your worth. So therefore, you you don't you don't go for the big jobs because that would mean you'd have to affirm that I'm actually extremely valuable and they they're lucky to get me for a hundred k a month a year or a month. Taka lamado, right. Great. So now, what would it be? It would be facing the pain. Your situation would be finding a way of asking for 300k per year. Negotiating 300k. One second. For what? For the same? For, for facing your what is your pain your pain is I'm not worth it so what is facing the pain facing the not worth it so what is, how do you face the not worth it with worth it right so it would be to apply to a job that even though you don't know you're probably not going to get it and the job's advertised for 150k and you say look I'm willing to do the job but I'm not doing it for less than 200k that would be facing your pain And in my private coaching sessions, I'll help you do that. But of course, it's going to cost you. Because <laughs> I charge 5k a month. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying I'm worth so much more. <laughs> what about if what, what, what also happens to me that a lot of these jobs that anyway is underqualified for right now? Would it also be a work? It, let's just say I found a job where I do feel like I'm qualified for, and they're asking for sixty. If I say I'm not doing it for less than a hundred, same thing. Am I doing the same work? You're doing the same work. Same work. Fine. Okay, good. Uri. Um, <clears throat> when a person gets to this point. When I get to this point. If I get to this point. If I get to this point. Which point is it? What's that point? And uh, loving, more loving. Loving pain. And seeing all the the growth benefits of it and the main parts of it. Yeah. Surely. Don't call me Shirley. I would try find this pain and get into this loop of just looking for pain. So let's talk about some pain in your life. Where did you experience pain in your life? Waking up in the morning. Waking up in the morning. Wake up in the morning for you is painful. Right? So what's holding you back from wake up in the morning, having a more productive day, what time do you wake up in the morning? 8.30. 8.30. What time would you like to wake up? Eight. Wow, eh? You early riser. Um, <laughs> you said eight or eight? You said eight. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I also thought you said eight. And, oh, that's impressive. And then I heard eight. And I thought, oh, that's not impressive. <laughs> I'm not judging you. 
Okay, uh, you'd like to wake up at 8. When you think about waking up at 8, what kind of pain comes to your mind? The, the amount I'm tired in a day. Like feeling like that heaviness in your body, like pulling yourself out of bed. Is like Right, in other words, it's not only pulling yourself out of bed, it's projected fatigue that's going to stay with you the whole day. Yeah. Okay, so what would you like to do about that? If you face that, what would happen? Meaning, if you got out of bed at 8 o'clock, tell me what would the, what would the experience be like for you? I'd have a more, more productive morning say that. What would that moment of getting yourself, literally, you're in the warmth of your covers and you have to pull off your covers, step out of bed, what would that feel like to you? Probably resentment of not sleeping more. But tell me about the pain, where's the pain? Where would you feel the pain? Opening my eyes. Taking off the covers, the coldness of the air. Standing up. Standing up, the movement of your body. Okay? Would you close your eyes? Imagine yourself at 8 o'clock tomorrow morning. Take a deep breath in. And imagine yourself opening your eyes with that pain and you just want to keep on sleeping. And then say to yourself, I love this! I love this I love this pain and then imagine yourself keep on closing your eyes and imagine yourself taking off the covers and you feel the cold air against and you go yes I love this this is so cool I love the pain and imagine yourself standing up and feeling as if you're going to just like drop down you go yes I love this this is I love the pain I love the pain okay yeah okay do that before tomorrow morning, 10 times, and report back and see what happens. Before, saying as I wake up. Do this exercise of meditating on loving the pain, 10 times today, and set your alarm for 5 to 8 tomorrow, 5 to 8, and wake up, and see what happens. But tell yourself you're in love with the pain, because if this, is, this is actually what you want. You want this pain. Because this pain is the catalyst for all growth. This is exactly what you're looking for. Because you can't, you can't grow without it. So this is the best thing in the world. It feels like hell. It's the best thing in the world. You love it. Schmirdles. How did it become that so many people got their relationship with this emotional pain wrong? Where, where did it stem from? Like, it, we... It, Good question. Great question. Origins. Good question. We're going to let that question grow. We're going to nourish the question. Don't answer. Okay. Good question. Good question. More questions. Okay. So I want all of us to introspect. Go for it, Gabriel. No, no, go for it. So I was going to say, like, I feel like that method, I try certain things, and I feel like what's, at least what's for me, is like saying, yeah, like, no one's going to like pain. You can't just convince yourself that you're going to like the pain. You should say, like, I hate this, but like I have to do it. Like I have to be disciplined, I have to do it, and like that's what I... But then in the course of time, you're going to say, well, I don't have to do this anymore, and why am I doing this, and I hate this. It's your duty, like it's your like... You can say... You can't like be motivated to like get up, and like you're not going to be motivated to like get up at 6 a.m. to like, or guys, like discipline, like okay, like, I have to like do this. Good, interesting point. Maybe, maybe discipline is a substitute for liking it, but you and I both agree that if you could fall in love with the pain, that would be way easier. 
Because right now you've got resistance that you have to keep on overcoming. The resistance is created by the lack of desire to go there. If you could do a reversal, a desire reversal, so then boom, you could just embrace it. It would be amazing, right? So we have to see maybe that would be amazing. So you, just, you feel that you have it, you've tried and it hasn't worked. Maybe we should try again. Let's see. Let's see. We'll see. We'll see. Let's see. How does it work just on a practical level that by a person telling themselves that something that it actually like Okay, do you remember? Excellent, excellent. Let's see where we're holding in our, in our continuity of Shirim. Our Shirim have been going in a sequence. The previous set of Shirim were devoted to locating the, the place where reality lives. And we said that's inside of ourselves. Not outside of ourselves. Our reality is how we relate to the environment. So now, if I relate to pain as being something to be avoided, so then my life will be spent doing that. If I relate to be pain something that needs to be embraced, my life will be spent doing that. So by changing, by changing the, the relationship intellectually and then experiencing, embodying it in my life and getting that, um, getting that, like, for example, cold showers. Like if you ask the average person that hasn't gone down the, the beautiful path of cold showering and you say to them, how would you like a freezing cold shower in the winter? I said, oh, you think I'm insane? But once you're there, someone says to me, how would you like to have a beautiful hot shower in the winter? You say, I think I'm insane. Like, I want the cold. Give me the cold. You fall in love with the process. Even though it's completely counterintuitive. And when you haven't been there, it seems crazy. But you actually start to relish the experience because it's redemptive and freeing and liberating. And it's way more, it's way more powerful than simply allowing yourself to slip into the passivity of the comfort zone. Once you're at that point, then what's the difference between a hot and a cold shower? Having a hot shower before and a cold shower now. You've just broken the pain and now you're there now. Because you never, you never break the pain completely. It comes anew every day. So the experience is renewed. So like, okay, now I have cold showers. It's perhaps easier than had I not trained, but it's still a pain. Every morning I wake up. Hmm? But you still relish it. Still relish it. Every morning I wake up, I look at the shower, I go... Mm. Are you real? Mm. Maybe there's no water. <laughs> and they say, no, it's not South Africa. Um, oh, low blow. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. In South Africa, we'll be able to see the shower head. Because <laughs> of <the> electricity. 